0: Hi guys, Reagan here. Welcome to Twisted States, where we take a look, week by week, at some of America's most nefarious killers, elusive cryptids, and bizarre mysteries. Ooh, a little tongue-tied today. Anyway, we are on week 13, and this week we are headed to... Colorado. Colorado was admitted to the Union August 1st, 1876, which makes it the 38th state to join the Union. Capital of Colorado is Denver. The highest elevation is 14,440 feet. Lowest elevation is 3,317 feet. Today we are going to be talking about Alfred Gene Packer, a.k.a. the Colorado Cannibal. So Alfred Gene Packer was born in 1842 in Allegheny County, Pennsylvania, to James and Esther Packer. He was one of three children. He didn't have a very good family life, But uh, when he was like 20, he moved to Minnesota and joined the military. Sadly, he didn't last very long in the military. He lasted about eight months. And then he was given an honorable medical discharge because he had epilepsy. And that excluded him from being able to be part of the military. He ended up going to Iowa after being discharged from the military and joining once again in June 1863, one year later he was discharged again for the same reason. After being rejected from the military, he really had a lot of an attitude with everybody and he was not a happy camper and he really kind of really kind of turned into a bit of a jerk. <laughs> uh he just at that point he was really disillusioned. He was trying to survive. He didn't choose to have epilepsy, he didn't choose to have to deal with this this disability, but it was, you know, what it was, and it was what he had to deal with. So he didn't take that too well, and he just really kind of took it out on everybody around him. He didn't stay at jobs long. He had tons of short-term employment, a lot of jobs he would get, and uh, either because of his seizures or his attitude or a combination of both, or the fact that he was stealing from people. I mean, there was a lot of different reasons why he wouldn't stay somewhere. Things wouldn't, wouldn't go well. So he decided that he was going to go to Colorado and become a miner. Word came that gold was struck in Breckenridge and he decided, you know what? That's it. I'm going to Breckenridge. This is what I'm going to do. This is my, my life's calling at this point, you know, he's going to go and he's going to be a miner and he's going to, you know, find all the gold and do well and whatever. And then, you know, just follow the money. I mean, cause if nothing else, right. I mean, at least there's some kind of opportunity there. There's all this gold being found and so there's people with money and, you know, just kind of follow the money and go with that, right? So he joined 20 other miners that were headed to Breckenridge. (laughs) And here's this guy. He's got nothing. He's got no provisions of any kind. He's got the shirt on his back. Like he is not in any way prepared whatsoever to head down the Mormon trail and head toward Breckenridge to the goal. Like there's just no, you know, he's, he's not in any way, shape or form prepared for such a trip. Like just no. So of course (laughs) now he's got to do some fast talking. He just starts saying words, stream of consciousness in any direction that might get him on this expedition to Breckenridge. He knows that nobody else there knows their way where they're going None of them are familiar with the territory of the area. They're all, you know, from all over the place. Just they're chasing, chasing the gold. So he speaks up and says, hey, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a trail guide. I'm a guide. I can do this. I can get us there. I might not have provisions or whatever, but I can make up for my lack of preparedness as far as all that goes by, you know, um, I'll pay my way by, by getting us there, but making sure that we make it there. Cause I know this area like the back of my hand. I got this. You guys are incapable hands with me. It's not going to be a problem. we It's good to go. You know. We'll just. I'll get you there. Don't worry about it. You know. It doesn't matter that I don't have a lot of provisions. I'm such a. I'm such a good guide, and I know my way around so well. We're just going to breeze right through this. Everything's going to be fine. Obviously, that was not the case. He indeed had tried being a wilderness guide in the past. Um, It didn't go so well. He kind of maybe just was terrible at navigation. And uh, not only did he have a hard time because he was constantly getting lost, but he also was extremely lazy and annoying on top of that. And he had epilepsy, which, you know, hindered his ability to perform that that job. But these people didn't know that. They didn't know what they were dealing with until it was too late. Uh, so they head out. He's leading them out into this ridiculous, boundless <laughs> uh, wilderness. And by January, they are lost. They are completely lost. They are running low on supplies. They have no idea how they're going to get out of this situation. They are flying by the seat of their pants. And they come up on a winter camp. The Utes had a winter camp there. And Chief Ory was like, yeah, you guys, this is this is a bad time to try to traverse this area. We've got big storms coming in. It's winter. Like You cannot, you're not going to make it. You're not going to survive. As soon as the snow melts, everything thaws out, you'll be fine, clear passage. But until then, you're better off to just stay here where it's safe. I don't want to see you guys go out and whatever, you know? So some stayed, but some were restless because they wanted to get where that gold was. They wanted to get there before it was all gone. You know, there were boundless, you know, fortune awaited them. and They did not want to wait. The chief said, you know, that's fine. But if you're going to go, make sure that you stick to the Mormon trail. So he gave them some extra provisions. And he said, you know, go ahead and do your thing. Well, of course, you know... Packer couldn't have that. He decided that they were going to deviate from that path and they were going to go through the San Juan Mountains to get there. Oh, I know a shortcut. Let's go this way. It'll be fine. It'll get us there faster. It'll be easier. Well, it wasn't easier. It was a harder pass to pass. He was only able to convince five of the 20 men to actually follow him the way that he was going. Those five men were Shannon Bell, James Humphrey, Frank Miller, Israel Swan, and George, California Noon. Things go really bad. Two months later, here's Packer cruising around. He showed up at the Los Pinos Indian Agency, claimed that he was abandoned, claimed that the group of men that he was with, the five men that he headed out with, uh... Couldn't handle him and thought he was a pain in the ass and <laughs> gave him a rifle and left him there. They said, "Hey, you know what, <laughs> bro? You're you're too much. We can't take you. We, you. You're just gonna have to fend for yourself." You know what? Here's a gun. Well, the tale he told was one of desolation, isolation, fear, being abandoned out in the wilderness during a snowstorm. You now here's this big blizzard he's he's on his own. he's you know nothing but a rifle, <laughs> but he doesn't look like he's been going without anything he's he's fat and sassy he's he's doing quite well. He goes to the nearby town of Sagwash and he rents a room. now he's throwing money around like there's no tomorrow. He's going to the saloon, spending like a hundred dollars, which is like twenty five hundred dollars in today's money. Just partying it up. Having a good time. Offering to loan people money. You know. He's got all this wealth all of a sudden. This guy that didn't even have enough provisions. That they weren't even going to let go with him. Every time Packer told the story. He told it different. He never told the same story twice. So... He's going along and he's, you know, giving all these different versions of the story. One of the men, Preston Nutter, noticed Miller's hunting knife on Packer. And he knew that that was a very sentimental item. And that there was no way that he gave him his knife or left him, you know, there was no there was no way that that man was still alive and his knife wasn't with him. Everybody in the town got to talking. A lot of people were expressing their their worries because none of these other guys showed up. and here he is throwing all this money around and carrying around personal items of these people that he was in this caravan with. Obviously something's up. So they go to the authorities. He's arrested. As soon as he's arrested, he says, oh, yeah, they're dead. And then he tells this crazy story. Basically, his story was that Swan and Humphreys had succumbed to the elements, starved to death, whatever. Bell killed the other two and then went after him. And he ended up having to uh, shoot Bell. So that was that was his, his story. And everybody's like, oh, yeah, okay. While he was waiting, awaiting trial, he escaped he spent 8 years on the run and ended up being recognized in a saloon in Cheyenne, Wyoming in 1883. And that was the point where he was rearrested and had to go and and uh go on trial. So still depending on this uh story that he cooked up about Belle being the one that did all these horrendous things and him just taking their, their things with him because they didn't need him anymore. They didn't need their money. They didn't need their, their weapons or whatever because they were dead. Uh, you know, And then, of course, having to survive on cannibalism because there wasn't anything else there to eat because there were no supplies. Um, yeah, he went to trial, and he, he did not understand why people didn't understand that he wasn't a criminal because emergency cam- cannibalism still to this day is not considered. Illegal. That was his story. That was his, his alibi, his excuse, his, his, his reasoning. A jury found him guilty April 13th of 1883 of murdering all five of his party members and of premeditated murder in at least one case. But the problem with that is the time frame. In 1874, a law was passed saying that there's no death sentence for out-of-state crimes. Colorado wasn't a state yet when he committed those crimes. So it was a loophole that kept him from the death penalty. They did get him for five counts of manslaughter and gave him a cumulative 40 years in prison. After 18 years in jail. He was paroled. And he walked out a free man. He lived another six years before he finally passed away. They say that he became a vegetarian. Who knows if that's true, but I thought that was fascinating. In 1989, they actually went out and chased down the location of the remains of the other men and uh, excavated the site. Shannon Bell had been shot all five men had been eaten, like their meat was butchered from their body after his death in 1907. Colorado kind of turned him into this weird hero. <laughs> it's really strange. There have been books and comics. There's even a comedy musical written by uh, the creators of South Park. Uh, I thought that was fascinating. <laughs> um, Cannibals musical yeah that's a college project they did before South Park came out and um in nineteen in 1968 the University of Colorado named their restaurant restaurant Alfred Packer Memorial Grill, which they later changed to Alfred Packer restaurant <laughs> despite the heinous crimes that he most likely committed um. It's kind of a local hero. It's become kind of, you know, silly and campy and just this weird, like, goofy thing. These poor people lost their lives. I mean, and there was a lot of that kind of stuff going on, I guess, at that that time. Bottom line, Shannon Bell, James Humphrey, Frank Miller, Israel Swan, and George California Noon lost their lives and were eaten and robbed. (laughs) Nobody really knows what exactly happened. Who knows? But looking at the big picture, I think we all pretty much have a good idea. Uh, Who knows? All I know is I'm going to be real picky and choosy about who I go camping and Hiking with in the wilderness, and I'm not going anywhere during the cold months ever, ever, ever again. (laughs) But there you have it, there's week 13 of Twisted States. Uh, please check me out on Instagram at Twisted States, and uh, you can listen to this podcast anywhere. I also upload these to YouTube if you want to see my ugly mug, you can uh, check them out over there. I'm out of here. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for hanging out listening uh i appreciate you please check me out on youtube check out twistedstate.com twistedstates.com wow no words and um on instagram at twistedstates. and if you have any questions or want to talk to me or give me some ideas suggestions whatever all that stuff message me over on instagram it's the easiest way to get a hold of me and uh i will talk to you next time Bye.